But after the flood, he felt so bad. So he repented. He changed his mind. And he said a few times, never again, never again. He repeated this word, never again. I established my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. We see God's, God's suffering. God is somehow like us. God is sad. He repents. God regrets. That's how the Genesis writer described God. I think that's wonderful description of God. God is not like it's not like a distant super being somewhere up there with no feeling. God is like our parents who blame themselves for the suffering of their children, even though they suffer because of their own faults. I think this describes God more accurately than the analytic description of God, such as immutability of God, omnipresent and omniscient of God. Trying to come up with an analytical definition of God's attribute through this kind of story is misreading the intention of the author. Genesis writer tried to describe how God felt. In the way we human beings can understand. He changed his mind and declared that, de declared that he would never destroy the humanity like that. It, is more like, it was more like a declaration rather than covenant. It was not an agreement of two parties. God simply let Noah know what he would do. And what Noah might do have no, has no bearing on God's decision. Regardless of human behaviors, God said, I'll not destroy them. He knew how weak and feeble human beings were. And they were so weak that they cannot keep their promises. We are too flimsy. Our heart may say that, I want to do it. But our flesh goes the other way. We want to do, do good with our heart, but what we do with our flesh is the very opposite of what we want to do. And St. Paul discover, discovered about this nature of human, human beings within himself after meeting Christ. This is what he said. 
So then, with my mind, I'm a slave to the law of God. But with my flesh, I'm a slave to the law of sin. In other words, with my mind, I follow God's law. But with my flesh, I follow the sin, the law of sin. When we go back one chapter before today's story, God said this. Again, I will never, never again. I will never again curse the ground because of humankind. For the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth. Evil from youth. This means evilness is embedded in our very being. It is part of us. So deeply ingrained that God knew that. The punishment would not do any good. Look at what they did after the flood. Did they change? Right after this story, we hear the story of Babel Tower. They committed a worse evil. They said, let us build a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. That's what human beings are like. Punishment was no use. If God punished every, if God punished human beings every time they committed this evil, then humanity would not exist on the face of the earth. That's why God changed his mind. What human beings cannot, because human beings cannot do, God did it. Because human beings cannot change, God changed. We are saved. I mean, this is a good news, isn't it? God saved. I mean, we are saved not because we changed and became righteous. We are saved because God changed. Because of his love for us. And that love is God's righteousness. And by God's righteousness, we are saved. Not by our, our own righteousness. When I see the world we live in, we see, I see clearly that hostility uh, is there. When we see God's hostility before the flood, but we see in the world uh, hostility. And that hostility comes from the greed. This world is operated not by righteousness, but by greed. People who have power try to have more power, even exploiting the powerless. Isn't that greed? Because of greed, People fight with each other, compete with each other, and hate each other. And they, they validate themselves and they invalidate others. And God becomes just mere inconvenience for them. And this greed is deeply embedded within them. And this greed invokes violence. And it harbors hostility within us. And this hostility divides us and separates us from God. Punishment has no 
power to destroy this greed and hostility. It makes our greed worse. It only inflames our greed. My friends, greed and hostility go together. The ultimate hostility of human beings was manifested at the cross. This hostility killed the Son of God. This hostility put a wedge between God and human beings. Jesus came to put an end to this hostility. This was God's will. And the God's will was hidden in today's passage. And beginning from Noah, God chose to relate to human beings differently now with a different attitude. Because hostility cannot destroy the hostility. In today's scripture, it says, I have set my bow in the clouds. Yes, it's a rainbow. But also, it is a bow of battle. We can imagine a deity with bow and arrow. But in today's story, it is a bow, but bow without arrow. We only see bow, not arrow. And also God hung up this bow in the clouds. What does that mean? That means there is no more battle, no more fight, only peace. God knows all our sins, all our shame, all our wickedness, but he will not go battle against us. He will do all he, could, he can to restore us, not through punishment, but through love. The bow is not anymore the symbol of battle, but of God's covenant of love. God initiated this peace process. Not us. It was God who initiated it. And it was Jesus who accomplished it. When you look at Ephesians, so that, he might create in himself the new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. Put an end to that hostility. Very new image of God. The deity of this world, God of this world, gods of this world are the ones who control the world by their power and subject all under their feet. People tremble before gods and obey God, their gods out of fear. But God we see in Noah's story is God who desires us so much that he would even go against his nature and attribute and changes his mind. To love us. Because that's what we needed. My friends. Since God changed his mind. We should also change our minds. 
let us put down our own bow. I know it's scary because hostility is our weapon to defend ourselves. As Veronica prayed, you know, put, put a guard against, I mean, around ourselves. But we have to let it go. Because as long as we have that host hostility, we cannot survive. As God hung up his bow in the clouds, we should also hung, hang up our bow and initiate the peace, first within us and with others, and ultimately with God. That is what God wants. As long as we have hostility, we cannot survive. As long as we have hostility, a community cannot survive. A family cannot survive. As long as we have hostility, the world cannot survive. And we reflected on Henry Nouwen last year, New Year retreat. He emphasized uh, that uh, he emphasized the movement uh, uh, from hostility to hospitality. He gives us this image. When we say, you can be my guest if you believe what I believe, think the way I think, and behave as I do, we offer love under a condition or for a price. We cannot call that true love. Jesus taught us to, to love our enemies. That means even towards our enemies, don't take a hostile attitude. When God hung up his bow in the clouds, when he's changed his mind, he determined to suffer, to suffer our weaknesses and even our evilness. Instead of judging and condemning people who do wrongs, we should be willing to suffer their shortcomings. And that's hard. But as Christians, we ought to do it. Let us not cultivate hostility within us. It kills us and also kills others. Let us put down our bow and cultivate love. Starting from Ash Wednesday, uh, which just passed, we have entered into Lent. Lent is the season where we meditate on the suffering of Jesus Christ. Let us meditate on Jesus' cross, what that means. He put down the bow and picked up the cross. He let the hostility crucified on the cross. Now that is a symbol not of curse, but of the covenant of love. 